Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We're back, Ken and Curtis, on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Here's the 2-0, and he swings it. It's a hard grinder, fair down the left field line, and the Red Sox walk it off. Here comes Arroyo to score, and the Red Sox win it 3-2. Tommy Pham being mobbed between first and second base. A walk-off single down the left field line by the diving Donaldson, and the Red Sox get one in the ninth and win it in the tenth to beat the New York Yankees 3-2. Can you believe it? That was Joe Castiglione last night on the Red Sox Network here at WEEI. Game two, what's the uh, what's the pregame show today? When does that begin? 6.15, national game on Fox. So a little bit of a later start, five minutes later. I got to say, I miss Joe Buck on Fox. I liked him doing baseball games. He's really good at baseball. I don't really miss good him. at baseball. I don't think I'll miss him too much on Fox TV. By the way, at the time, I said on this show with Ken, I don't know who he is, I, mean, I haven't seen him in months, but Ken Laird, I said uh, that I, I doubt Tom Brady ever does a game on TV for Fox. And now it's like basically accepted that it's unlikely that he'll ever do a game on Fox. So really? I don't get that. So he just agreed to. A so deal that he's here's never what happened. Do? Lachlan Murdoch, one of the sons of Rupert Murdoch running Fox. Yeah, I saw him. had I... to do a they have these quote upfronts with all the salespeople and all the big corporations that invest in, in advertise on NFL games on Fox. And so. There was this big question mark as Aikman and Buck left together to do Monday Night Football, and that is a bazillion-dollar entity. That is a disgusting act. Yep, <laughs> that was Joe Buck reacting to Randy Moss' fake mooning. I mean, my Lord, how far we've come as a society. Now now, literally Randy Moss can dance naked and be like, ooh, good moves. Anyway, um, but so they had him. They were in sort of a crisis where they needed to assuage and, uh, the fears of those that were advertising with Fox that they were going to be a their A team was going to be a legit A team. Who better to be a face of that oh, okay. than Tom Brady? So it helps the shareholders, helps all the people, the higher-ups. They're happy to do this old pomp and circumstance. And in the event that Brady does want to do TV, they have his rights. So he would do Fox. So but it's a win-win for the what sec- is it, Lachlan? Lo- yeah, Lachlan. I the mean, only reason said- I remember that name is because he was in the that show about Roger Ailes. Um, the movie about Roger Ailes. No, I'm talking about the TV show. It was like a, I think it was like eight episodes. It was with um, who the hell was in it? Um, 
Pee Wee Herman. No, very famous actor. I forget who it was. Um, <laughs> That's pretty vague. There's a lot of very famous. No, like not TV. John guy. Lithgow. No, <laughs> John Lithgow. <laughs> no, uh, what's uh, what's it? What's it was the guy in the Gladiator? Oh, Keanu Reeves. No, Gladiator. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Crow, yeah, oh, Russell Crowe plays Roger Ailes. Okay, I'm glad we figured that out. Uh, what Sorry. was the movie Knockouts with uh, the really uh, attractive Australian woman who played? Anyway. Uh, Roseburn. Mm, no. There was a movie called... No- I, anyway, there's a movie about Roger Ailes that was very yeah, good. Yeah, Bombshell. Bombshell, not yeah, Knockouts. Yeah. There you go. There's a good movie. Anyway, that actually had John Lithgow. But um, Tom Brady provided a service. But the second I heard about Tom Brady at the conclusion of the year, they asked, would you do a Fox game in the playoffs, let's say, if the Bucks get eliminated? He said no. And next year, I believe Fox has the Super Bowl. And I don't think he'll be there either. So anyway, whatever. You think some of it too with Brady is like that? Okay, so if they get eliminated and then he's going right to the booth, do you think some of that has to do with like he's going to go on there and be the lead color analyst for a Fox playoff game that he wants to be really good at the job no, before he no, does? No, I, you don't I, think I don't think it? he wants to devote any time to. No, but that's my point. Is do you think if he goes on there and he's bad, he doesn't want the bad publicity? Yes, that's why he'll never do it. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I think. That's why I was surprised when this original thing came out that he was actually interested in and, doing broadcasting. And the only way you're good at that is if you're comfortable c- criticizing players. And there's no way that Tom wants to be calling a game with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and trashing them because right. he'll look like yeah. a jealous old man. And, and if he doesn't trash them, he'll sound. Like a guy that's not very good at his job. So you're, you're right. in a lose-lose situation. I feel like the Mannings found, like, the perfect thing. Right. Like well, they're, the, well, they're dumb enough to do it, and they yeah. have that folksy charm. And America doesn't and hate Peyton's Peyton drinking Manning. during it. Right. I mean, Peyton. He's legitimately drinking during the broadcast. It is so amazing to me, not to go down this re- weird detour, but Tom Brady has a hat in his locker, right? And he's this Trump MAGA nut, right? Peyton Manning literally holds fundraisers for Donald Trump. Golf outings. Like, is a card-carrying supporter of Donald Trump, and God bless him, you know, whatever, who cares, whatever you want to do. And it's like, it just flies off his back. No, nobody cares. But pa- he Tom, with Papa John, too? Yeah, I mean, it, and you want to go into somebody's background. Look at what he did with the trainer at Tennessee, Kelly Notright. I mean, awful. So anyway, and his wife gets HGH, you know, of course it was for her, you know, nonsense. Anyway, uh, let's go to uh, John and Norton. Hey, John. Hey, guys. So, you know, I'm tired of these people that call in and are blaming Cora for what's going on. Jackie Bradley, uh, uh, Francie Cordero, Jaron Duran, and Bobby Dahlback are not major league players. Maybe Bobby Dahlback could be on a Pittsburgh like Michael Chavis, but he's not cut out to play here. If they look at the bullpen, you've got Donaldson in it within the area of 20, Caleb Ward in the area of 11, and the other guys, other driver, hey, are suspects. So John, can I ask you a question, though? Only, John, John. He can only play the guys that he has. John, hold on. Can I ask, can I ask you a question, though, besides yeah. Governor Sununu? Sure. Who is blaming Cora? Uh, you had a caller call in a while ago. Yeah, David in Florida. That's one guy. Do you think, like, the most of the well, fan base is blaming Cora? Well, I mean, David no, does no, have I'm a following. <laughs> no, I'm not saying most. But there have been a few callers over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, I feel bad for Cora. He can only play what he has. He had to put, um, what's his name, the second baseman in the right field, who had never played out there. And yeah, right. I like him, but he's but he's hurt more than he's healthy. And going forward, I mean, I I would not bring back J.D. Martinez. He, he's in, he can't hit anymore, at least not the power. And they got to bring back Evaldi because if you don't bring back Evaldi, forget about Sale, 
your only legitimate starter next year is Nick Cavetta. So what about I mean, Crawford? Well, I mean, okay, so he's he's a number five, or Wintelski's a number five, maybe four's a five, but but you don't. Pavetta's really a number three. So who are your number one and twos next year? If you don't bring back Valdi. So I mean, Bloom has got to step up, or he's got to go. And I'll stop there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the issue here, and I think uh, a four one three texture just nails my sentiment completely. This is what's wrong. He says, wouldn't it be great if a Sox owner and management group would stop being reactionary and do what is right for a winning team when signing players? Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is legitimately the best way I could have perfectly encapsulated my sentiments. Like, whatever the plan is, allow it to grow, allow it to come to fruition or not. And if you have today or in a month, or in six months, you decide that Heim Bloom is not someone that you can have faith in to carry out and execute a plan, then you terminate him and you start again. But you can't be all things to all people, and you can't do it all the time. Okay? It's very simple. And whether, I don't know, Heim Bloom I know is smarter than I am. He went to Yale. But I don't know if he's doing a good job. Clearly, you can judge the... Renfro trade well, as a no, huge he's mistake. he's not doing a good job, Curtis. You know how you know this? is because it's not only just, like, the trades he screwed up most of them. It's the fact that how embarrassing is it that a team executive has to go to Kansas City after the trading deadline and say, hey, I have an open-door policy. How embarrassing is it that there is an article today from one of the biggest reporters in Major League Base- Baseball in Buster Only where you have other league executives saying, what the hell are they doing? How did they trade Mookie Betts for that return? That's how you know he's not doing a good job. How many other teams right now are those stories being written about? How many other teams at the trading deadline had to say, were the Phillies who trade who traded for David Robertson? Did Dave Dombrowski say, hey, I got to go meet up with my guys just so we have an open door policy about what happened? That's the biggest thing. There was confusion. Nobody knew what the guy was doing. Like, he didn't pick one direction to the other. Like, the Yankees, they make a bunch of trades at the deadline. The Mets, they tried to make some trades at the deadline, right? You think about the Padres, they trade for Juan Soto. Even Sellers, the Nationals, right? They got rid of Juan Soto. You think the Nationals needed to talk to the guy running that team, Mike Rizzo, the players say, hey, we just traded Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Uh, What's the direction here? No, everybody knows what the direction is. The problem is nobody knows what the hell Bloom's plan is. Nobody knows. And anybody that thinks they know what Bloom's plan is, I would love to talk to them because I have no freaking idea. Yeah, and so if that's the case, and you, you sound right, you're far more educated on this topic than I am, then they need to make a change. But this is, yeah. this is the issue here. This is where, you know, the rubber meets the road. John Henry is detached. Bloom is in charge. They've had this schizophrenic nature of the president of their baseball operations department since Theo left in 2011, 2012, whenever that was. They flip-flop from draft guy, sell-all, draft guy, all of these different methods. They are not going to make a change with Bloom. I'm sorry. They're not. I, I, I see nothing on the horizon where they would sit back and say, you know what, Heim, you're fired. Because you know what happens when they fire Bloom? They look at the person that hired him. And right now, Bloom is providing a great service for the Fenway Sports Group and for John Henry because he's viewed as the bad guy who's not making these signings. He's viewed as Tampa North. He's being the one who's being critiqued by you and Buster. I read through Buster's column. Did he mention John Henry? Did he say he needs no. to do something? 
interesting. <laughs> I and I wonder where these murmurs are coming from. You know, it's you just that's my issue here. Is it's at the end of the day, Roger Goodell is a representation of the thirty one owners that pay his salary. That's who he is. If they don't like him, it takes two thirds. He's out of a job. They pay him sixty million a year to do their dirty work. Yeah, and so Heim Bloom. As long as he is the president of baseball operations for the Boston Red Sox, he is providing a Kevlar vest for the ownership group. But this is the other thing I'd say to that is, okay, so I I agree with pretty much everything you're saying, but look at it from this perspective, too. So when he signs Story, he goes over the CBT, Heim Bloom does. So don't you think the ownership group will look at that and say, okay, well, we're paying the tax because Heim brought in this Trevor Story guy. Don't you think they'll look at that as the reaction of, wait, hold on, we're paying the tax. And we're not in the playoffs. Don't no. you think? Do you don't think that'll be? A I, I don't think Heim Bloom. I don't think Heim Bloom wanted to sign Trevor Story. I think they had. No, I think he did because I don't believe that Heim Bloom likes Bogarts as a player. That's fine, but I, I, you're telling me they waited until what was that? March? When did they make the Trevor? Yeah, it was after the lockout. So you wait until after the lockout to sign a guy who was never rumored to be going here, didn't play a position of need, and who was getting killed up until that point? It wasn't Heim so much. It was you lose Schwarber. This ownership group comes out of the lockout, and we're doing nothing. We have spent no money. Where would they rank? According to Buster Olney's story today, they rank 13th out of 30 teams. Since the sale deal. Since the sale deal. Where would they rank if they didn't acquire Trevor Story? My it's going to be is- like in the 20s, 25 maybe. I mean, because think about it. The second highest paid player in the Bloom era, like from a free agency perspective, not guys that he inherited, two years, 14 mil for Kike. So you think that it was ownership putting pressure on Heim to do something? Of course. It's what happens here. Then I don't understand why they didn't sign Schwarber then. Exactly. I don't understand it either. But Schwarber maybe, would have been cheaper. But at that time, Heim set, had a little more cachet, right? They, they got two wins away from the World Series. They had the lockout. I'm sure financially the pandemic didn't allow the Red Sox the resources they had had prior. So all those things created a concoction where, okay, and Heim, okay, Heim, we trust you. He's not worth eighty million dollars. We get it. We're not gonna. We're not gonna lose our mind over Kyle from Waltham, and then the lockout, and then you get a couple weeks, three weeks away because it was an abbreviated spring training. It must have been three, four weeks away from opening day when they brought in Trevor Story. Yeah, because there was that yeah. awkward press conference at JetBlue Park, and everybody was like, "Oh, Xander recruited me." Nonsense. All of that stuff was going <laughs> so he on. He called them once. Right. Of course. You hey, know, Xander, can you talk? Trevor wants to talk to you because he doesn't want to come here if you're not cool with it. That's and do what you it was. Think, who do you think called Xander, Heim or Sam, to say, can you call Trevor's story? I don't think Heim Bloom's calling Xander Bogarts, telling him to call a guy that they're signing to likely replace Well, I'm him. guessing it was like a couple phone calls down the road where they talked to Cora for Xander and Cora talked to Xander. Right. So, so right? I mean, let, it's you just... Think, you think Xander, who Heim has disrespected on multiple occasions based on the offer, Xander's going to be, Heim, hey, uh... Xander, uh, story, can you recruit him? You, wait, wait, hold on. The guy that plays the same position as me. So I got to imagine Cora talked to Xander. Right. And, and Cora is good at all that stuff. Like, think about the mess that he has with this team, with all the contract stuffs, all the stuff going on with Bloom. For him to be able to handle this clubhouse is pretty impressive. Yeah. And, it, you know, in, in overall team spending this year, if you take off, Court, Nick, just let me know this, if you take off Story's contract this season, they're eighth in baseball and instead of fifth, I think, as um, – What's his face? Sam told us the other day. So anyway, Red Sox are at a crossroads. The Patriots at a crossroads. I feel completely confused 
as to the direction of the two teams who won 10 titles combined the last 20 years. We'll get your thoughts on that at 617-779-7937. But first, here's Nick and what's trending. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Get Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. All right, welcome back in. We're taking you up until 1 o'clock. Curtis will be back shortly. Looking for the John Sterling call from last night. I'm sure he was miserable. I was interested to see what the crowd was going to be like last night. From what I hear, I was not at the game last night. From what I hear, it was pretty electric last night. It was electric the last time the Yankees were in town as well. But it does really feel like this is the last stand for this Red Sox team. If they can't take two of three from the Yankees and then go to Pittsburgh and hopefully sweep that series. You got to sweep the Pirates at this particular point in time, but if they're going to be playing relevant baseball for the remainder of the season, or at least for a good chunk of the remainder of the season, it's imperative that they take two of three from the Yankees and then go see what they can do against the Pittsburgh Pirates. I, I felt one of the big signs from last night was JD because JD has been really bad for a long time. Entering last night since July 16th, he was hitting 115 <laughs> with a 357 OPS. And maybe last night we'll start to get J.D. Martinez going because, of course, he has the big hit earlier in the game that made it a 2-1 to game. And then later on, of course, in the ninth inning, he has the hit that essentially ties up the game and sends it. Not essentially. It actually did tie the game up and send it into extra innings. And after that, of course, we all know what happened with Tommy Pham. But this team is going nowhere down the stretch of the season if they get the same version of J.D. Martinez that they've got for the majority of the year because – guy has not been hitting really since the start of June. So I'm hopeful that it'll be an exciting night tonight at Fenway because this team needs any sort of momentum going forward, and hopefully last night gave him a lift. All right. I just got the audio. Boy, was that a pain in the ass. Very simple tasks, sometimes or more difficult. But Uh we have it here. This is how it sounded on – I don't have Sterling. They didn't post Sterling. So here's uh, the the call of Michael Kay last night. The Yankees – 
they lead the majors with 12 walk-off wins, but if the Red Sox win here, Yankees eighth walk-off loss, tying the Red Sox for the most in the major league. So they've had some heartbreak in what's been a really good season for them. Hit sharply past the diving Donaldson, and the Red Sox win three to two. The Yankees' nightmarish road trip continues as they lose the first game of this three-game set at Fenway. Well, downtrodden K, not quite the um, the, uh, the depression I had hoped for, but a uh, rough loss last night for the Yankees. It was Good. eight of nine. Eight of nine, and they don't have they, they just don't have it. You know those Yankees teams, the late nineties. You no matter the score, no matter what was going on, you were waiting for them to win. Now, when the Yankees aren't on one of those incredible runs, you're just waiting for them to lose. And I, I have to say, Fenway last night seemed alive. Obviously, a lot of New Yorkers in town, which brings out the best and worst of people around here. So, uh, a nice win. I don't know. I don't believe either team, clearly the Red Sox or the Yankees, are winning the World Series this year. So, that's good. We can always have a Yankee elimination party should things not yeah, go their things, way. But things are going to look really bad tonight, Curtis. If they lose with their new guy, Frankie Montas, that they traded a lot to get, and he lost his first game, and he got clobbered in his first game. If the Red Sox rough this guy up tonight, who's a really good pitcher, I'm not dismissing that whatsoever, it's going to be a really, really bad look for the Yankees because they've been sucking right now, and they're going in the complete wrong direction. And Will Fleming said this last night on the pregame show, and it was a great point. And the Yankees are front runners. They're not get teams that when the going gets tough, they get going, as uh, the great Tim Kaine once said. But I would say this team, they are absolute poster childs for that because they are almost – they're 29 games over 500. They were 30 entering last night. And they are only three games over 500 on the road this season, which shows exactly kind of – they rely on Yankee Stadium, which is an absolute joke. And uh, one quick note before we get to Mike, I tweeted this out last night. What's the deal? What's the deal with airline food? What's the deal with the effing video tributes for everybody that ever played here? Andrew Benintendi is not worthy of a video tribute. Kelly Olenek got one. Right. I mean, <laughs> why don't they make the plane out of the black box? Um, I, I, I honest to God, I, I. Now I need Costanza. Where is he? Um, I, I don't understand it. I, I thought it was a joke. I thought when I saw people tweeting about it that it was, you know, uh, it was a put-on. Like somebody had put a goofy video about Benintendi that was like a barstool thing, and people were laughing at him. Where would he rank? Like On the 2018 Red like Sox the team. sixth or seventh best player? On that team? Yeah. Uh, easily. Well, obviously Mookie, J.D. Martinez. Jackie Bradley Jr. played a bigger role in that title run than Andrew Benintendi. He's ALCS MVP. Nathan Avaldi was incredible during that run. David Absol Price was incredible during that run. Steve Pierce was the World Series MVP. <laughs> so what are we doing? Like, I, I don't think people should hate the guy. He was traded. He didn't sign with the Yankees. He's, you know, whatever. He, he has the personality of an ant. Like, he, we had him on the show you, once. He was awful. Did you hear where he wanted to go? No. They asked him, like, hey, where did you miss? Like, where are you going to go eat in Boston? Brugger's Bagels. What? That is perfect. <laughs> I can see you and, and Ben Benintendi going to Brugger's, having a plain bagel, and just chopping it up. My dad used to run a couple of those. Oh, I love Brugger's. We used, used to go to all like the time. Those. Back in the day, they had the uh, green bagel for St. Patty's Day. Oh, uh, I used to have to go to Brugger's. didn't have to. It was my choice. I was dating my girlfriend, now wife, uh, in high school, and we had lunch. We could go off campus senior year. So I'd go to Brugger's Bagel in Wellesley. And I had to get a double-toasted wheat bagel with sprouts, cucumber, and lettuce with honey mustard dressing on top. 
and I looked like the most effeminate human on the planet <laughs> ordering this every day. Well, it wasn't every day, but that set you back like eight bucks. So your dad probably did pretty well at the Brugger's thing. Yeah, anyway. I was always the I always like the everything back in the day. I haven't ate. I don't eat bagels anymore. Yeah, but you I do just, nothing. You no. just like you I look like at the you, everything. Do you judge the people who eat bagels? Veggie. No, do, I don't. Do you judge walk it. down the street and you're like, oh my god, that guy is having funyuns? Well, I love food. <laughs> yeah, he sure does. <laughs> Greg is actually at Brugger's right now. Good morning. Uh, let's go to Mike in Framingham. Hey, Mike. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? The bottom line, good. The bottom line is Bloom is incompetent. He's lost his ability to evaluate um, prospects. He's no longer capable of getting people off the dump heap. But the whole thing started with the signing of Trevor Story, which should go down as a horrendous signing for the money and the years that he gave a guy that probably should have got $15 million for two years. And at the same time, Low balls Bogots, low balls Devitz, Devers, and pisses everybody off. And it hasn't stopped since then. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you want to straighten out the Red Sox, you got to fire high and blue. Okay, Mike, so what? shouldn't John Henry see this? So why isn't he firing? I, I don't understand why John Henry doesn't see it. Because he's doing, he's doing what John Henry wants him to do. I still have a problem of believing that. How is that possible? I, I, I don't know. You think he's gone rogue? I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. I know. I'm asking you, do you believe that the president of baseball <laughs> operations of the Boston Red Sox has gone rogue and against the wishes of the people that hired him? Uh, I can't say that, no. Okay, so then the person you should be mad at is the person that hired him, not the guy that's doing whatever he wants. Okay, but then I'm mad at Henry. All right, there we go. Another one aboard. convinced him pretty easily. But um, in terms of one thing he said, I think it's unfair to say, like, Trevor Story's a failure of a contract. He, It's fair if you didn't want them to sign Trevor Story, but it's unfair to say of Trevor Story that that contract won't work. In fairness to him, like, he wasn't hitting the way he wanted to bid. He does still have the second most home runs on the team. Not that that's a big achievement. And he was playing gold glove caliber second base. So I'm not going to say right now that the Story contract is a bad contract. I think that's unfair for him to say that. Yeah, I mean, I it, it right now it doesn't look good. I mean, it, you shouldn't have the start. The, if you're worried about giving a long-term deal to anybody, the early years of that contract are usually worth more years, yes. than it's what you're point. paying. Yeah, and you have a guy like Chris Sale, which is that is just going to be unbelievable when you go back to it. And and by the way, I, I don't. We haven't talked about this today, but do you think he was actually in a bike accident, or do you think they're covering something up? No, I think he legitimately fell off a bike. Okay, so how did he only fracture his arm, his wrist? Why is he? What happened to his face? What happened to the rest of his body? When well, you go we, flying off the handlebars, do we know that bike, he doesn't have like scratches on his face? Well, we didn't. Know, well, they said he only had an a, a bone, a fracture in his wrist. The guy fractured a well, rib I mean, during the lockout. Like, if he has like, I know, throwing a baseball. Which, <laughs> right. Let's see if we believe that. Exactly. If he has like a last. He could have lacerations on his face. Do you think he's like Jim Carrey and liar liar when he went to go beat himself <laughs> up in the bathroom to make it appear like it was worse than it was? I don't know, man. That was just that was a gut punch the other day. Wouldn't like, you come up with a better excuse than no, falling off your bike though? That's the brilliant thing about it because he becomes a victim who you don't want to laugh at and they give these random inane details and then I ask simple questions of the president of the team Sam Kennedy like was he taken in an uh, in an ambulance to the hospital where was he the accident well he can't ride his bike after he, after he fractured his wrist I mean <laughs> well I mean is it partially on you Curtis they were at BC 
Oh, of course. No, I, I, so, I actually mean, blame Coco because she yeah, still goes there. You're right? going to take some of the blame on that. But the uh, other believe thing me, is, I did a couple diggers without bikes walking around BC, so I'm not judging anybody. I but. did, and this was not meant to be as a jab, but when I heard Cora said it, I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. So Cora the other day said, yeah, they were um, working out at BC because there was a event going on at Fenway. He's like, so they were working out at BC, so he's riding his bike to get food. Totally inane. Un- irrelevant like he didn't information. mean to say it, but it's like, well, if he was at Fenway, maybe no. he would be riding a bike. No, that's in the stack of information that they would they randomly voluntarily give out. Yeah, because they're trying to make it seem like it's this you know clear case that I, he fell off the bike. Right, and if I he actually he did, did if he, he actually did. did fall off the bike, there's probably language in the contract you could work to use against him. Like you're I not don't supposed think you to can do that. Look much worse than falling off your bike. Exactly. That's why you don't question it. Yeah, so... Like, Greg Hill always talks about it. He fell, he hit his puppy gate and, like, broke his leg. Oh, jeez. And it was, like, the greatest thing, because he got to show up to work late, or, right, you know, whenever. He got a driver, and everybody was felt sorry for him. Whereas if he had, like, you know, whatever, blown his back, thrown his back out playing golf, people would have been like, a-hole, get back there. You're like, Why I fell you? off my bike. Exactly. Literally. That's Bobby Valentine, and how'd that work out? <laughs> Uh, well, he did invent the wrap sandwich. He really did. Oh, my God. Bobby B. Uh, let's go to Dave in Connecticut. Hey, Dave. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, hey Brian, I, I'm really going to miss you when you're gone, man. I, I love you on the uh, on the show and in all the shows that you were on. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that, man. Okay. Ken, Ken needs to get off his button, man, sign you to a, to a contract or something, man, keep you here. But any, anyway, I, uh, I just want to make a couple of comments. And you had asked. If anybody knows what Bloom's doing here, I, I think I know what he's doing. He's trying to destroy this team. That's what he's doing. He hasn't made one move that makes sense. I mean, think about what he's done over the course of his tenure here. He's, you know, Renfro. Should have signed him. Or he, he, he signed Schwarber, but then he lets him go at the end of the year, and then he could have signed him for, for really a, a decent amount of money. The guy, the guy's ruining the – even, like, tickets. Like, share – you know, everyone who has, like, season tickets like myself, I can't even get make any money on him anymore. Yankees. You know what the Yankees – Tickets went for behind the Red Sox dugout. Field boxes. How much? Less than what we paid for them. $75. So, really? you tell me that this is really good for, for people who have season tickets. Everybody's dumping their, you know, their Nesson uh, subscription. This guy's brought in. He's done nothing to help this team. He needs to be fired. I don't know how you can do a job like he's doing and keep your job. Because you're doing. Be fired in, in because, Dave, he's doing what he's being. He, he's doing something that is approved by his boss. No, I agree with you. I, I I can't argue with that, Chris, because I think you're 100 percent right. But but what? I mean, everybody that, that loves this team that wants to go and see a winning team. I mean, you want to see Schwarber up there hit, and you want to see guys that that have some power, but in their bats now. And you bring in a guy. This is another thing that that, that I I don't even understand. You bring in a guy to replace Bogarts that's hitting 220, and Bogarts is a 300 plus hitter his career. So so how do how is that going to help this team? And he he doesn't seem like he even wants to be here in Boston. I think you know he's injured wherever he is, but he's not in a hurry to get back. I I think he's out of his he's out of his element here in Boston. You, you got to be able to play in Boston. I'm not sure this guy can play in Boston. To be honest with you, yeah, it's it that remains. I actually was concerned when Schwarber entered free agency that this ownership group would overvalue him that they would pay him a little bit too much, that they would go overcorrect. Based on how much he was, like, loved here. Right, because yeah. he was a guy that was so sellable immediately. Think of the yeah. stuff, you, you, Kyle and Waltham, the, the the spots write themselves, and there's great people of Fenway that are marketing guys that would have totally 
been in heaven with that. Right. Like, part of the reason, the whole reason they brought Pablo Sandoval was because of Kung Fu Panda. Like, that was a, right? I mean, there, he was. Well, yeah, and he was like, he was coming off this incredible postseason, so that propped up his appeal, so to speak, where everybody knew who Pablo Sandoval was after that postseason. The right. nickname, yeah, you're Who right. was the GM that said the bridge? Was it Theo? Or was it Sherrington? Was it Sherrington? I so, can't imagine Theo would say that. So Sherrington says we need to, it's a bridge year where we're getting whatever. And it was probably, if you're in charge of the Red Sox marketing, it wasn't the best thing. But then they overcorrect and they're like, we're going to blow up that bridge. And that's when they signed Lackey, I believe. That's when, you know, it, it's this, have a plan and stick to it. Yeah. For, for whatever you want to say about Bill Belichick, and believe me, I've said a lot, he believes in himself, and he is answering to nobody but himself. Robert Kraft has admit, admitted that he does things in a way that may not be how he would do it, but he lets the results speak for themselves. And you allow, you know, you can judge him on its merits. With the Red Sox, it's like with within the trade deadline itself, it felt to me that they diverted from the path they were heading down because of reaction. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that Bloom has been neutered, whether that's because, and I... I mean, to their credit, I give, I give the players in core a credit for this. They put pressure on Bloom. Right. They came out and said stuff. But think about this. He always talks about long-term winning, right? They don't want to do anything in the short term that affects the long-term, Curtis. So to your original point, think about this. If Heim Bloom just had his choice, what do you think he would have done at the trading deadline? Avaldi Sia, J.D. Sia, Xander Bogart Sia. That's what Heim Bloom, I bet, if you injected him with true serum, that's what he would want to do is sell all those guys off, continue to rebuild the farm system. But instead, they middled it. They didn't really go all in for this team, and they didn't sell off parts for the future. So you really didn't do anything. <laughs> you came out kind of new. Now, the team isn't the big league team has improved. That's without question, bringing in Hosmer and Fam. But it's not like you really went all in at the trading deadline or before the season. It's kind of just like a half-ass approach on both ends. Right. As I always say, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, you know? Yeah. When the players like play well, they win. Okay. When they play poorly, they lose. Right. I mean, it's David. Amen, David. Uh, let's go to uh, Darren in Belmont. Hey, Darren, how are you? Hi. Hi, how are you guys? Thanks for taking my call. First thing, it's Henry's fault, whatever way you look at it. Yep. They may not be an owner in baseball on this town that's more hated, even though he's won four World Series for us. I just don't trust him. I don't like him. And I don't think he has any care about this team. He's checked out. The second thing is, can you explain to me one thing about the whole story injury? Sale. How long it took? No story. I oh, I'm sorry, Trevor. Story. How yep. long did it? Yeah, story. Yeah, how long did it take him to figure out there was something else wrong? And they finally got a second opinion, and they find a small fracture when he was on rehab and working, trying to get back, but no one knew that he had a fracture in his wrist. Yeah, I don't get it. Hand. It's a weird situation, Darren. I mean, he basically explained it to uh, Rob. He. When he got hit, his fist was closed, so it ended up affecting his wrist, not just his hand. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't understand why they needed a second opinion to find that. It should have been caught sooner. Yeah, weeks after. And the other thing is, Bloom has no idea how to evaluate or make trades. The way he has handled the whole thing, and especially at the trading deadline, not getting bullpen help yep. was a travesty. Yeah, travesty, it's a joke. They were it's in a joke. it, and you guys have said it. It's a joke not getting it because that bullpen is pathetic. It's pathetic. <laughs> All they did is trade her away a reliever, a actually. Yeah, they tra- they keeping Hernandez at a twenty ERA and they get rid of Deekman. I-, I don't. I just didn't understand that one. 
All right, Darren, thank you for the call. Uh, we have a show from Fenway Park coming up next, and it's a reminder to tune into WEEI this Red Sox season as we broadcast live from our Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio before Red Sox weekend home games. Brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford trucks, the official truck of the Boston Red Sox. We're back. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. All right, Andy Hart joins us from our Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studios at uh, Fenway Park. Good morning, Andy. How are you? Good morning, fellas. It's a uh, it's a beautiful day here at Fenway Park. Oh, what oh a perfect God. night last night! Absolutely. This morning, I was walking the dog, and it was cool. A little chilly out. It felt awesome. Football. Did you did you do a little reactionary uh, video to the Red Sox? Uh... Extra innings victory, like Lou Merloni, did you, while you were walking? <laughs> yeah, I did. I said, uh, "Good morning, Sox fans. <laughs> How are we? How uh, has you worked up?" <laughs> oh man, what do you guys think about the 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 uh, the, the uh, what's it called when you hit it into the the shift? Sp- the shift. What do you think about the shifts? I don't know. I'm, I'm anti shift. <laughs> uh, Andy, I'll have a couple minutes with you. So, would love to hear your thoughts on preseason game numero uno and the. Phil Perry, Bill Belichick uh, post game little um, tete a tete. Loved it. Loved uh, the, you know, we had Matt Patricia tell us that they were dividing and conquering on the offensive staff. I think the media is uniting to try to conquer Bill Belichick with all these questions about the play calling and and where the offense is going and all that. And I actually thought they got under Bill's, I don't want to say under his skin, but got a reaction in one of the answers where the question was, what do you need to see? And he didn't even allow the question to finish. I don't need to see anything. It's just a process. I thought he got a little defensive because I think the insinuation there is if you need to see something, then you don't know who's doing it. It's undecided in mid-August. It's a competition, and I don't think he wanted to go down that road. So I thought that was the most interesting uh, aspect of that tete-a-tete. Yeah, Andy, because it felt like, and you're down there every day, so you would know, it felt like it was leaning towards Patricia just being the guy. Is that what you thought we were going to see in the first preseason game, or did you think it was still going to be both him and Joe Judge getting an opportunity to call plays? No, I thought we'd see more Patricia. I still think Patricia's the guy. And the comparison I've been making is we all assume Cole Strange is going to be the starting left guard, right? Cole Strange played two series and then left the game. So your offensive coordinator called two series and left the game. He's ready to go, baby. He got the rust off. Even though though Cole Strange has played guard all his life and Matt Patricia, you know, has never called offensive plays. But um, So, yeah, I still think it's Patricia until it's proven otherwise. I will presume it is Patricia, and I know – Greg Bedard is putting his stopwatch on Patricia to see where he's spending his time on the sideline, which I dare say is unprecedented. I, don't, I know you can time punts and other various things, but I didn't know we were now timing coaches and how much time they spend with position groups and people. But, yeah, long DFF answer. has it. Yeah, I actually – I don't know if you knew this, Andy, but Vince Lombardi called Greg Bedard for some tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> his source. Oh, God. What the uh, hell's going on out there? Yeah. Okay, you should run it more, Vince. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I had a question earlier. Let's see where you stand on it. What is what is going to happen this year, more likely? The Red Sox somehow find their way to the third and final wild card spot, or the Patriots win a playoff game? 
I'm going to say the Red Sox find a way to get into the playoffs, right? They're going to win they they're going to win two series in a row even though one was a one game series against the O's. They have a couple bad baseball teams ahead of them even though they are a bad baseball team themselves. I think the Patriots face just an uphill battle. There's good teams and I know the injuries are starting to hit and this is this time of year and that's why Mac didn't play. Look what's happening to all these other players, blah blah blah. But I I think the uh the, the Patriots have a tough road to hoe to get to the postseason, and I don't feel great about where they are right now. I don't know how anybody can, and we'll get into that on Fitzy and Hart uh, over the course of the afternoon. You know, a little finger-wagging from Pat McAfee on his podcast telling us local yokel idiot reporters what we're seeing and what we should have seen. Uh, we'll respond to that, but I don't like where the Patriots are right now. Tough schedule, not great talent. I don't think they win a playoff game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I go Patriots just because if they are able to make it, I trust Bill and that ability. I think there's so many teams between the Patri- between the Red Sox and the playoffs. But uh, yeah, he not- pulled it together last January. He sure did. That was not a good day. <laughs> um, but one last thing. I, 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 this was odd for me, and I don't remember exactly when it was. Forgive me, I have a newborn. But there was a quote from Bill sort of taking a victory lap about how they've been healthy, like that they've, they're at a point in their – do you remember this, Brian? Like no. there, there was something this past week where Bill basically said, you know, we've been really healthy. I think it was maybe they had taken a couple of days off. They practiced in the afternoon after scheduling Monday's practice in the morning, and people were asking what's going on. And he sort of credited his staff and saying that they were doing what they could to stay healthy because they've been really healthy using this plan. Is that why they're taking this weekend off as well, or is it to sneak away for a little Nantucket beach and boating time? It's just so strange, and I thought that maybe the reason was that they were off of the weekend was that they were all going to be in Canton when Seymour got inducted, but from all, by all accounts, Bill Belichick was not in Canton for, for that, so I don't know what yeah, they were doing. They, I mean, that's modern football. Uh, the what's his name with the Chargers? Like they did nothing last year, like absolutely nothing. Now I would also say they didn't make the playoffs, and he's a bit of a boob on fourth down. And there's some I'm not sure you want to pattern your game after after him, but um, that's modern football. A lot of these younger coaches prioritize health and work backwards from that, not prioritize preparation. Health be damned. And I think this might be an example of Bill trending a little more modern or adjusting at the age of seventy to the way the modern game is set up. Andy, real quick before he lets you go, should be all in on Thornton, right? Uh, I'm all in. Best Patriots, uh, highly drafted, first day or two receiver since Dion Branch. Book it. Six rings pod. We've been saying it for weeks. I love it. Well, Shime told me yesterday that he has bad lateral quickness, and Jesus. I immediately went Screw to Screw Shime. Did he actually say that? Yeah. Shime hates everything. <laughs> He has become the the voice of negativity in the WEEI world. He's a hater. And it's such a f- weird thing because I thought when we were getting shime, he was this like happy go lucky guy. And he's like. He used to be. And then he got to you guys and he turned negative. So yeah, I'm blaming true. you guys. Well, you know, when you have to look at Greg for four hours a morning, anybody would lose their <laughs> mind. Uh, all right, Andy, have fun with Kyrie at Fenway. Thank you. And uh, enjoy your weekend. All right. See you. All right, everybody. Bar- Brian Barrett, sincerely, all the best. Pleasure working with you. You Thank will be you, missed man. around these parts, and uh, good luck in all things you do with the ringer, all right? I appreciate it, Curtis. Thanks, man. All right, Nick LaPan, thank you. Uh, we will see you a week from today, hopefully with Ken Laird, and I will be with you Monday morning at 6 on The Greg Hill Show. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.